Welcome to It's a Small Business World podcast, where you'll get the buzz about small businesses all over the world. We're your hosts, KC and Jaime. We're both passionate advocates for small businesses, digital tech, and international trade. I'm KC Gundiam, and I'm the founder of B2B Match. And I am Jaime Volta, a tech contributor to B2B Match. It's a Small Business World is produced by B2Bmatch.com, the international business matchmaking platform for and by small and medium businesses. How about you check us out today? Hello, 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 Jaime. It's so great to see you. Hey, Casey. How are you doing? I'm good, good, good. You know, um, we just had Canadian Thanksgiving. I need to say Canadian Thanksgiving because people don't know that Canada has Thanksgiving different date from uh, the U.S. Yeah, it's quite yeah. surprising that uh, it's sort of the same celebration, but a different day. Yeah, uh, pretty much a month, but it was uh, it's good. It was good. So today in our episode, we have uh, with us the founder and CEO of Idea Girl Media a boutique marketing agency based in Ohio in the U.S., and uh, she serves international brands. Um, so Carrie Yenning is a recognized award-winning small business influencer, and um, she is one of the first to have signed up for B2B Match. So I would like to personally welcome Carrie to It's a Small Business World. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you for having me. Good to see you and Jaime. Um, and happy belated Canadian Thanksgiving. Oh, thank you so much. We're, we ate a lot, which is a staple. But uh, now it's, uh, it's going to be your turn <laughs> very soon. <laughs> so, Carrie, I'm so, it's such a pleasure to have you uh, with us. Uh, you're one of the very engaged members on the platform. Uh, and uh, I'm very excited today to learn more about what you do, but also the audience to discover what you do and, uh, and uh, you know, hear more about your experience, your expertise, and hopefully reach out to you to either work or partner with you. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to doing the same. <laughs> Likewise. So can you tell us a little bit what companies you work with? Well, yeah. So Idea Girl Media, um, we started in... 2009 under this umbrella. And I've worked with a wide range of, of types of companies. So restaurant and dining, green industries, automotive, real estate and real estate development, um, on up to executive solopreneurs and international brands. Um, so probably wherever you are, I've at least stepped foot in. Um, university education is one of our latest where we've done a lot of really impactful things for um, colleges and universities in the U.S. Mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's really interesting. Um, how did you end up in social media and I want to say the larger marketing, um, you know, practice? Yeah. So this is a little bit, I'll, I'll, I'll spend a few minutes here. Um, I never wanted to be a marketer. I grew up um, singing and dancing and touring and performing. And I went to school for cultural anthropology. And I was working in the nonprofit sector with international future leaders under the direction of the United States, uh, the Department of State for the United States. And um, we connected to educate future leaders and, and put forth peacekeeping and experiential um, learning. And um, I was doing this, but nonprofit is tiring. And I was starting to, you know, inch my way out. 
And then 2008, the big recession, the Great Recession hit. And Mm -hmm. I thought, what can I do to stay where things are moving? And I was already being creative and low cost oriented in email marketing and online forums. And so I thought, you know, social media is really going to be where it's at for me. So I did everything I could to learn what I could to be the best I could be and offer value to my clients. And I sat with leaders like Guy Kawasaki and, and the Michael Stelzners and the Murray Smiths and, you know, those types of, of leaders. Um, and um, here I am today working with executives and business brands and public figures and international brands and so forth. Yeah, you're really moving from singing and dancing to media marketing. I think it's (laughs) not that much of a stretch, right? Like, (laughs) well, well, Jaime, I have to say that Jaime used to like he's in tech, obviously, but he used to earn like he used to own uh, his own uh, SME as well, his own small business. So um, you know, we're all. I think the the staple of an entrepreneur is that stretch is like you know that you're you're driven and you know. I mean, we talk about it all the time. You have to wear many hats and you have to constantly be moving and covering the bases and, you know, you can delegate some things, but there are just some things you can't. So, yeah. And and to me, the, the main mindset that you get is that you need to do everything, right? Oh, like, oh, we lost Jaime. Uh, yes. While he's out, I will just add to where we were before. My father was a vice president of sales for a Marriott company. And so he was working from home when it, I mean, before it was cool, like in the 70s and right. 80s. And so I was always around that. I would answer the phone for him, you know, because he was working out of his home for part of the time. And so I learned that sales mindset and that marketing mindset. And so it was always sort of, I had to have that ability in anything I ever did. So it wasn't a far stretch. Okay, but that's that's actually that's great. That's a great school, you know, to be able to do that. Um, and in that, actually, I was going to to ask: uh, Do you have any top advice you'd give to brand to establish their online presence? Establishing an online presence, I really recommend you spend time defining and understanding what your brand is and who your ideal client is, and how you want to serve them. That's first and foremost. And then hop online. Fish where the fish are. So be online where they are online when they're online. Um, that's it, that's the simple thing about it. So basically doing a lot of research around uh, your audience, right? And te- be willing to test and um, and try, right? Yeah, you have, to, you have to really research. You have to test and try. And you have to keep asking. It's not anything that is ever set in stone forever. It's something that keeps evolving over time. Mm-hmm. So right now, at the same time that you're saying, right, like what is the things that people should do? What what are the things that they shouldn't do, right? Like what are the don'ts on, on social media? Yeah. So they should not rush it. Um, they want to be intentional. They want to be online with a purpose. And part of that is knowing who your clients are knowing where you should be. But, you know, we used to hear a lot of, oh, be everywhere, be on LinkedIn, Twitter, um, Instagram, Facebook, and then, you know, have a blog. And there are several other networks as well, um, Snapchat and other things. If your ideal client is not there, you don't really need to be there. I really recommend giving more weight to publishing um, on your own website and owning everything in some mm-hmm. way that you do, your social media sites are really your rented um, real estate. So it leads everything back to your own website and really prioritize that, that website and that blog 
and um, owning your content. Mm -hmm. So that that's interesting to, that's to really... try to get the, your whole content, yeah. right? Because I, I think also that is important, right? To keep like your own thing and, and probably a blog or similar platform, right? Uh, it's not about the, exactly the technology, it's more about the, the principles on that, having your own thing that you can link in other places because if not, like if one day they decide to change the rules, suddenly all your content is away, right? And everything that you have been created is a way, so it's, it's really the only way that your, your own page or again blog or whatever you want to call it is the only way that you will keep your the things that you want to say in the structure that you want and everything else. And you want to One control day. decisions. <laughs> I love what that that those of us who have been you know who have been in social and digital for for a decade or so will remember like a few things that has happened. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember Posterus. Uh, mm -hmm. That you know, and how they killed it. I was so I'm still pissed off. I think. Uh <laughs> <laughs> well, no, audio boom. It was such a great way to get like tips or just short um, facts and things to your audience, and then they just went, "Oh, sorry, see ya." I mean, I still have things that are there and out there. You can probably follow mm -hmm. a link to it, but it's like it took away that that whole set of what I was doing just because they made a decision. But yeah. like the podcast, you can own that, but also syndicate it out to podcasting mechanisms. So you, so you're kind of like you're you get the best of both worlds with the podcast. I think many brands, even solopreneurs, need to prioritize that a bit more than they think mm -hmm. that they should. Now that's uh, that's great advice, um, and it shows, you know, you you have. You know, you have not only experience, but also you've gone through a lot of probably use cases. You know, to to, to so I hope companies listen to that. Um, yeah, uh, what so what going actually one of the thing that is kind of important I want to ask is what do you think of um, of TikTok and the. I know that a lot of conversation is around the metaverse, but let's not even touch that. Is what do you think around TikTok and should brands should every brand be there? Should every brand be on TikTok? No. Um, it's not my favorite network. I don't prioritize it in a strategy unless the client really would benefit being there. But I, I, have, um, I have personal questions about TikTok, and I think we should leave it there. There are some great things happening there, and I see TikTok videos all the time put on other social mm -hmm. networks. Um, but I think that I think there needs to be another network um that does that get <laughs> <laughs> facets of it in instagram and other places so instagram and snapchat both offer some of those features mm -hmm. so. yeah i mean there's something to be said about the fact that if you spend a lot of time on social which you do you have seen some sort of a convergence in how they all operate. It looks like they all had a meeting. They, copy each other, right? <laughs> they copy each other. Yeah. They copy in brand, copy in features. It's almost like they have they, weekly meetings. They have a lot of things that to... are reactive, right? So it's like, oh, there's a, this, you know, clubhouse or whatever. It's quickly, they copy the functionality of being able to do like a live conversation very quickly in the other one or stories in Instagram, right? Like suddenly you have stories everywhere. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So, yeah, uh, I guess that you know the the main thing about uh, 
the the social networks is is the network aspect right like if you have the network aspect then the rest are features on top that normally they can be copied quite you know relatively easy on in, in tech terms so it's it's no not a surprise that they are sort of doing that all the time it's it's grabbing market share so it's like oh my gosh there's this fabulous idea how do i get me some of that is kind of the mm -hmm. mentality you know well, exactly. But it goes back to strategy and vision, right? How do you differentiate yourself? How? And I think that's very interesting that the bigger one are all looking the same. Sometimes I open LinkedIn. I'm not sure if I'm on Twitter <laughs> or on Facebook or what am I doing? Now people are dancing everywhere. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't mind if that's your brand, right? But <laughs> it is It is just... Um, and I think as a strategist, you must see a lot of that people calling you and saying, how do I do that? Do I need to do that? Um, so tell us, like, I'm curious. I used to, so I used to do a lot of consulting on that side. How do you educate clients into what is good for them when they are not necessarily in the right set mindset to listen because they're seeing everybody going the same direction? Oh, so that's kind of like, um, I see so-and-so doing this and I really like what they're doing. I like their strategy, but here's the reality. Every business is different. Every brand is different. Every strategy needs to be different. So everything needs to be customized to what your business is doing. And some things might be similar, but nothing will be exactly the same. And so where one business brand might benefit from TikTok, TikTok another would not because one, their, their audience isn't there. And two, they may have a very serious brand. They may like what's happening on TikTok or another network, but it's, it doesn't quite fit with the tone that they're they, in the voice they need to have for their brand. Does that make that, sense? That makes not only sense, but it's actually something that I've seen myself in, in my own practice. Yeah. But then that's an interesting one because I'd love to hear, and I'm sure the audience would love to hear what you think it takes for a company that actually has success to have that success versus the one that never get to where they should be or they could be, right? You have to inspire people to be excited about your brand. You have to inspire people to want to share your brand that comes from building trust. It, it, it comes from building um, rapport and community so, you know, you hear about building up a, a community around a brand. There is something to that. But you also probably want to spend a little bit on advertising. And that's uh, fueling brand awareness. So it's kind of you have to be moving a few dominoes at the same time. Oh, I like that expression. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, yeah. now to, to get a little bit more right into the small business and everything. And, and we get a lot of times that, you know, we encourage to communicate, uh, to to cooperate and and to collaborate between the small businesses, uh, how how can you do like you know collaboration in social media for small businesses? Because I think that probably there's a lot of uh, ways that you can sort of join forces into doing like you know something that could be more beneficial than than a small campaign that someone can can run on their own. This is one of my favorite things to do online with. Um, companies or um, executives, individuals that really understand what, what is possible. So let's say you have um, a, an executive that is a speechwriter, and then you have another, like a publishing company. They could 
collaborate together so that authors from the publishing company could work with the speechwriter in some way and do a project. Maybe it's a podcast, maybe it's a summit, <clears throat> maybe it's um, an in real life event out in the public, you know, like outside away from the computer. And you're promoting that. So one, you're going to share audience. Two, you're going to share work. So you get that constant um, teamwork effect on everything that you're doing. You can share email lists from this. So then you're sharing leads. And the key is not working with a competing partner, but a complementing Mm -hmm. partner. And that's, you know, you need to really calculate your strategy and you really need to think about the parts and you have to be both willing to share the work and share the rewards. And I see when we've done collaborating online and and helped brands do this online, it's just really, the results are phenomenal. And um, when done well, it really can like springboard both brands in new directions and in shared directions. It's just, uh, it's like good all around. Yeah. And big brands already do this. So I think this is something that can totally be, um, you know, trickled down. Yeah, I have also another another example of that, I think, with different podcasts sort of advertise on each other, right? How timely. How timely, Jaime. (laughs) Yeah, timely on that. No, but really, there's like a couple of uh, networks, like... It could be official networks, yeah. right, of podcasts that they are all under the same umbrella, right? Or uh, it could be sometimes that, you know, they they sort of um, recommend each other, right? And sometimes they have very similar um, very similar topics or they guest into each other's podcasts, right? So it's a way of trying to promote and do like a little bit of cross-promotion of things. And I think in general it's something yeah. that works quite well. I think that's kind of a place to start. It's the simplest form, um, agreed mm-hmm. share. So you, you agree to collaborate to socially share online and you know, it's strategic that benefits both purposes. And then you just kind of keep building the relationship. But yeah, I agree. And Jaime, for being one of the first ones to have heard about B2B, you know that this is pretty much the premise of, of how I built <laughs> the platform is I wanted people to collaborate. And it's funny because in my head, competition exists, but it's not the way people think competition exists. I see more collaboration and opportunity to partner than straight up competition. So it's, uh, it's an, very interesting. I like how, how you think about that, uh, Carrie. Really, it's uh, <laughs> um, so if, <laughs> if we go back to the, the foundation and the fundamentals of business, talk to us a little bit why having an audit, uh, a social media audit, and I will expand it to a digital audit is important to any business, really, um, yeah. who is serious about, about uh, doing business online. Yes, we've done a lot of social media audits lately, and it's sort of, it's kind of timing because so many brands have been online for a while and they've been doing the same old thing or they've had that same avatar and banner up there for years or months. And you don't see some, some things after a while, you just sort of keep going, keep going. And you don't notice that thing is like well out of date or, you know, your avatar is crooked because they've re- they've changed the, the sizes of the network. Um, what happens mm-hmm. on the network? So what an audit does is it evaluates and we take a deep dive, like, 30, 60, 90 days, depending on the size of the brand, take a deep dive and just really look at what's happening on the website related to the social media. And we give a picture of what a first time visitor would see. One of your clients that's been with you for a while would see, and just really break it down into a very visual picture of what, what the reality is. 
and then say what you're doing well, what could be changed, how you could move forward, and then pointing out opportunities to really surge ahead. So it's it's just really um, taking the veil off, showing the picture, and then saying, okay, this is the plan on where to go. And we pair that audit with the social strategy map. And it's quite a detailed um, process. It's a detailed um, report that we give back. In fact, I think I had one of the uh, reports was like 112 pages because we just really honed in and this is yeah, what the assignment really was. Yeah, seems really thorough, right? Yeah. yeah. On that. Okay, and, yeah. and how can people contact you, right? Like what are the, if they want to, to work with you, what, what are the places or the, the information to, to be sure that they can go their, your way? Yeah, I'd love it. So um, the best way is ideagirlmedia.com slash contact. Or um, they could email me if they see this podcast, Carrie, K-E-R-I, at ideagirlmedia.com. Cool. And also I'm going to add, because Carrie is way too humble, she's she's awesome on social media, <laughs> so you can definitely link her in. Uh, and right, Carrie, I'm like, <laughs> I'm hyping you up because you deserve it. And definitely Twitter, um, you know, and uh, Carrie's great. And um you know, like, I hope you, everybody um, benefits from your advice, uh, your experience, your expertise, but also just your, you know, your big heart. Uh, as a business person who is doing consulting, it's so important to also love what you do, but love also the, the clients. So thank you so much for spending time with, um, you know, Jaime and myself. Um, and our door, our virtual door is open. So if there's anything you'd like to share with us, uh, any new offering, um, please come over. We'll be super happy to have you again. Well, I was really excited to be here. Thank you for having me, Casey and Jaime. I hope that people do find some value in what I've had to say, and I'm happy to work with anyone that does contact me. And I will let you know how things go, and we'll keep in touch and, and possibly visit again in the future. Absolutely. Thank you. And people, don't forget, Carrie works internationally, not just in Ohio, right? Right. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, um, well, <laughs> well, that's that, those are my reasons. So I, I chose to stay global. Thanks a lot, Carrie, for being in the podcast. Thanks. Thanks.